Hi, and welcome to the Ask My Mom podcast, a podcast for young adults about all the things we didn't learn in school. Here to share her knowledge with our generation is my mom, Jen Exer, and accredited financial counselor, Jennifer. If you learned something on today's episode or simply enjoy the pod, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to it. To get in touch with us, you can submit your questions via email to askmymompod at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at askmymompod. We greatly appreciate all your support. Hello, welcome to today's episode of Ask My Mom. Today we're going to talk about home buying. So we're just going to talk about the beginning of the process. Um, We're going to focus on the difference between pre-approval and pre-qualification and what you need to do to ensure you move seamlessly from pre-approval into pre-qualification. So um, I had a question come in and the question is, I notice rents in my area are high and everyone is telling me it's cheaper to buy, where do I start? So that's a great question um, for young and older people alike because not everyone has purchased a home and not everyone purchases a home regularly. Normally um, people purchase a home and that's it for their whole life. Sometimes we'll purchase two or three throughout a lifetime. Um, If you are like me, we're a military family, so we've purchased multiple homes in multiple states throughout our lifetime so far and we're actually getting ready to purchase another home but as an investment property not as a home to move into eventually we'll buy another home to move into but um so the home buying is is a lot of fun it's a lot of stress it's a lot of work it's a lot of worry but it's also a lot of gratification at the end so it's it's really part of achieving the american dream is to own a home right So um, a lot of people look at a home as an investment. And yes, in a way, it is an investment. But not until you've paid down your mortgage a little bit. But also, on the other hand, home ownership is kind of stressful because repairs are on you. If your hot water heater goes out, you have to pay to fix it, not your landlord. If your AC breaks... That's on you. And AC units are extremely expensive, especially now because they're moving away from Freon into this new thing they have. I don't know what it's called. But so if your AC unit outside breaks, your unit inside will need replaced as well because of the new whatever's taking the place of Freon. So besides that, homeownership is really rewarding and it can be an investment, but it can also be a strain on your finances. So First thing, really make sure you are prepared to take on that responsibility. It is a big responsibility um, and you just don't always know what's going to happen after you purchase that home. But we'll get into all that in another episode. But this week, we're going to really just focus on that pre-approval, pre-qualification difference and really what are your first steps in purchasing a home. So your very first step in purchasing a home and you're going to hear this and you have heard this in numerous episodes is pull your credit report. What is your FICO score? Um, You want to pull that credit report three to six months before you start the home buying process so that you have the chance to go through it and correct any errors and make any improvements that you can to try and get your credit score as high as possible before you embark on this process. Um, give, so give give yourself that three to six months. Um, but if you just decide to purchase a home and you really haven't done that yet, that's okay. Start it now. 
Um, listen to our episode on correcting errors on your credit report. That's really going to give you some good tips on what to look for and how to get some changes made to your credit report because you do want to get that score up as high as you can because that's going to save you money on interest rates. So go ahead and start that even if you just decided to buy the house um, in the neighborhood that you've been wanting to move to and you really haven't planned too far ahead. You saved some money. You've done all those things, but you haven't really decided like, okay, in six months I'm buying. Because sometimes when we want to buy a house, we decide, hey, I think it's time to buy a house. Or um, if you're like me, I'm really tired of this house and I want a new one. So sometimes we don't plan super far ahead, but because we don't, we do check our credit reports regularly to always ensure that we are maintaining um, the correct information and keeping our score as high as we can. So a statistic I mentioned in the episode on correcting your credit report is that one in five credit reports have errors and usually those errors are driving your score down. So we do want to look at that regularly whether you're buying a house or not. So the next thing you're going to want to do is you're going to go want to go get pre-approved for a mortgage. So what does that mean and what is the difference between a pre-approval and a pre-qualification? So the first thing you do is the pre-approval. That's when you're going to go, you're going to find a mortgage company, a bank, a mortgage broker. You're going to call them. They're going to ask you some questions. They may ask you for your pay stubs, um, maybe a tiny bit of other information, and they're going to tell you this is how much house you can afford. They are not pulling your credit report on that one. They're not doing a loan application. They're just kind of getting the basic information from you to make a determination on how much money they would loan you for a home. So that's great, right? Yes and no. So it really doesn't tell you much. What they tell you is here's the information you've given me. I'm not looking at anything or digging at anything and I'm not looking at your credit report. So by from what you've told me, this is what we can loan you. Many times what they tell you they will loan you and what you can actually afford are two entirely different numbers. So you want to make sure that you know what you can afford on your own separate from that pre-approval. Um, when you go get your pre-qualification, that's when they're going to dig a little bit deeper and that's when they're going to look at your debt to income ratio to help determine if they're even going to loan you the money. Because a pre-approval, there's no guarantee that they're going to loan you the money they say you can qualify for or get that you've gotten pre-approved for for a mortgage because they haven't looked it deeply into your finances the pre-qualification is going to look a lot deeper into your finances. So knowing where you are is important. So um, one thing that mortgage companies look at is your debt to income ratio. And that helps them determine your credit worthiness. So I have a worksheet I made that it is on our website. So it's um, askmymom.podbean.com. You can go there and there's a couple different pages off to the left there's one that's home buying and on there there's a sheet that'll help you determine how much you can afford to pay a mortgage each month and what your debt to income ratio is so um, what I would do is I would and what the sheet tells you to do is determine what your gross income is each month that's super easy how much money do you make each month 
multiply that by 28%. That gives you an estimate of what you can afford for a mortgage payment, principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. That's called PITI. Principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. That is your entire mortgage payment. Because you don't just, um, when you make your mortgage payment every month, if you don't, if you're not aware, the mortgage payment isn't just the money you're paying for the house. It's the interest that you're paying on that mortgage. It's the taxes that are due each year or in some states twice a year. And your homeowner's insurance. They put that all that money into an escrow account. And so when your taxes or your insurance are due, you don't pay it personally. It gets paid by the mortgage company because they've taken a little bit each month and held that in an escrow account for that money to be paid to those entities so that they can ensure they, the bank, the mortgage company can ensure that those things are being paid because they hold the bulk of the interest in that home. You live in it, you're making repairs on it, but they own the bulk of the interest because they've loaned you the money. So they want to ensure that you're paying those taxes so that the house doesn't get taken away from you for lack of paying your taxes. Or if there's, um, say you want to make sure your insurance is paid as well. If there's a fire, flood, tornado, whatever, they want to make sure that your insurance is paid so that that home will be repaired. So that's why they do that. They will do it up until you owe, I forget what the um, number is, but when you don't owe as much, you can take over that part of the mortgage payment yourself. But it really is just easier letting them take the whole thing. They take it, they divide it out by 12. That's what they take each month. Usually they'll take like two extra months to hold it in escrow because things fluctuate every year. Um, but that's where you're, so that is the entire payment that you're going to make each month. So it's not just when you're looking on like realtor.com or Zillow and it's like, oh, if you put this much down, this is your payment. Well, that payment does not normally include taxes and insurance. And w even when they do show that on the realtor.com or on the Zillow sites, that's just an estimate of taxes and insurance. That is not necessarily what you're going to pay. And each state is different for taxes and counties. And, you know, some places have a lo local tax on that house. Some places it's just the state, that kind of thing. So you want to be aware that what they're telling you, you can afford, if you divided, you know, if they tell you can afford 150000 if you divide that out by twelve. that's really not what your payment's going to be, even if you're factoring in the interest your payment is going to be higher than that. So what can you afford each month? That's when you take your gross income and multiply that by 28%, which is on that sheet that's on the website. Then you're going to want to figure out what your debt to income ratio is because that's going to be play a big part in getting your pre-qualification. So what you do is you get your, um, you add up all your debt payments for the month. So your car payments, student loans, uh, child support, spousal support. Maybe you have um, another kind of loan, like a signature loan or, a, you know, whatever kind of loans you have out there, whatever you're, you're required to pay each month, you want to add those up. Plus you want to add up what the estimated monthly payment that you can afford. So what you figured out at that 28%, you want to add all those things together. And then you're going to divide that by your monthly income and multiply by 100 because that you want to get a percentage. So what is the percentage of your monthly income that goes towards your debt? That's what you're figuring out called your debt to income ratio. So most mortgage companies will loan you 
if your debt to income ratio is below 38%. Some mortgage companies now have raised that debt to income ratio. They've gone to like 42, 43%. I really feel that's such a high number that's like almost half of your income going to pay your debt. So you haven't bought groceries, you haven't paid your utilities, you haven't put any money in savings. So you wanna know what you're comfortable at and figuring it out on the sheet really helps you get a visual of what to expect. So super easy to figure out, just a couple lines on the sheet, some basic math, um, really easy, but it really helps you recognize where you are. So if you fill out the sheet and you're below 38% and you're like, okay, this is how much mortgage payment I can afford each month. That's a really important bit of information to know. And most people don't know that going into a home purchase. So a lot of us, they call it being house poor, right? We buy a house that we can't afford. We buy a house that they told us we could afford, but we never took the steps to ensure that that was true. So knowing that debt to income ratio, knowing really what you can't afford is going to go a long way and give you more power when you're talking to the mortgage company and when you're negotiating a house and into not being disappointed when you look at a house that you can't afford. So you want to make sure what you can pay each month, that's the price range you're looking in because you don't want to get your heart broke. You don't want to get your heart set on a house and then you go and you're, they're like, you're like, great. Now let me go get pre-qualified. And then they're like, oh wait, no, this is what your mortgage payment's gonna be. So you wanna be aware of yourself. Um, so the next thing you're gonna wanna do, so now we're, so we've gone to the bank, we've got a pre-approval, they didn't ask us for much, and they're like, here's, here's your number, fantastic. So now it's time to start looking. Before you start looking though, really figure out what you know you can afford. What is that monthly payment that you factored at 28%? Figure out what that house would cost. Not necessarily the number they gave you on the pre-approval, but where does that number take you? That's what you want to figure out. Look in that price range. Your realtor is going to ask you a lot of questions. They're going to ask you for um, your pre-approval letter. Many realtors will not even start showing you houses until you go get pre-approved. Um, some will, but they're not gonna show you very many. It's a sales tactic, right? They wanna let you nibble, look at a couple houses. Okay, this is definitely something I wanna do. Now they're gonna tell you to go get pre-approved. Um, it doesn't really matter one way or the other, but a lot of realtors won't, won't even mess with you till you're pre-approved. Um, but that's okay. Just go get pre-approved, it's not that hard. When you're looking though for a bank or a mortgage company, I like word of mouth, but some people are okay with just going online. Um, me being a Gen Xer, I'm cynical, and I don't want to just put my information out there on the internet and never talk to a person and let them tell me what they'll loan me. That makes me really uncomfortable. But I have helped some young people who did that and felt perfectly confident and comfortable in what they were doing and had a good, um, a good turnout. They had a, a good experience with that. So that's, you know, whatever your comfort level is, whatever your comfort zone is, that's okay. I just like to talk to people. But really, I do want to get recommendations. But regardless if you do get recommendations or you go online, check the Better Business Bureau website for any complaints associated with that company or that specific broker or salesperson. 
when you're getting pre-approved, you're not even really working with the mortgage person. That person is just kind of going to be your go-between. They're just doing that basic paperwork. You're going to end up really working with someone else once the process becomes more in-depth. Okay, so find your mortgage company, your broker. So the differences are, okay, so you can go to your bank for a mortgage and that's fine if you have a relationship with that bank. You can find a mortgage broker and what they will do is they will gather all your information for your pre-qualification and then they will shop you out. They will send your information to multiple lenders and see who comes back with the best offer. But you can also do that legwork yourself. And then, um, so then there's basic mortgage companies you could go to as well. So whatever your comfort zone is, it's okay. But your realtor is going to be a good resource for a lot of these things if you're not really sure who to go with. Um, you know, or you can ask your parents, do they have any friends? Or ask your friends, who did they use when they purchased their home? And if they had a good experience, you know, whatever you want to do, that's fine. But just do your research. Check the Better Business Bureau websites, though, for complaints. Check the company and the broker's name. You want to make sure that there's no complaints either way. Um, you can also ask for references. Another thing you're going to want to ask is when you get to the pre-qualification process, what fees are involved? Some companies charge a couple hundred dollars, some minimal, some nothing because they're going to get their money in a different way. Sometimes they're going to have a um, discount for different kinds of jobs. So if you're in the military, a lot of times they're going to have a military discount or um, first responders often get discounts for those kind of things. So find out. And also, depending on if you're a first-time home buyer, there may be some special programs for you as well. Check with your states, your counties, your parishes, and see if there are any programs for first-time home buyers. Um, I know here where I live in Louisiana, my parish offers um, up to, I think it's forty-five or 46000 to help a first-time home buyer with their down payment and their closing costs. Um, and it's, you know, they have to meet a certain income requirement. So their income has to be below a certain level. But I can tell you it's not poverty level income. It's probably lower middle class income, which sometimes when we're just starting out, that's our income level. So I would definitely check your states and your parishes for any kind of assistance. There's lots of different programs out there. Your mortgage or your broker may not know all of them because they probably just deal with the basic biggest ones, but ask them and then check the websites of all those places and see if there's any special programs. Check um, any, depending on what your career field is. If you have, you know, different organizations that you belong to associated with your career, check and see, you know, what kind of things you can get to assist you. You know, that's one of those first things to do because your mortgage person may not know all of them. So definitely do that. So where are we? We pre-approved, right? So now we're shopping for our home. We have a home. Now we want to put in an offer. Okay, so now we have our pre-approval letter because they're not, that buyer is not going to accept an offer without a pre-approval letter. Although the pre-approval letter really just doesn't mean much. It just means you have a relationship with the bank and they said, yes, you have an income, basically is all it means. But that's okay. You're going to set your, um, you're going to give your offer, which your real estate agent, your realtor is going to help you determine. You're going to put that letter with that offer um, and they're going to help you with all the other paperwork that goes with that. 
and you're going to submit that. So now let's say, okay, now our offer's been approved. Fantastic. Now what? So now you're going in to get pre-qualified. Now is when they are going to pull your credit report. Right now is when they're going to determine your interest rate. Your pre-approval does not tell you what your interest rate's going to be because they don't know because they haven't looked at your credit yet. Your credit really is the the biggest factor in determining what your interest rate's going to be. Um, so now is you may have to pay your application fees at this time. They may be able to roll them into the loan. Probably most likely that's what's going to happen. Um, they're going to go through your credit report with a fine tooth comb. So hopefully you've already done that so when they get to it they're like oh this person's fantastic they are golden they are shiny and we can give them the best interest rate we can offer so hopefully that's the case you're in so that's why i want you to look, pull your credit first look for any collections all that listen to that other episode um so they're going to go through that with a fine tooth comb they're going to ask you a bazillion and one questions they're going to want bank statements from the last couple months they're going to want pay stubs from the last couple months if they see you had a big influx of cash, they're going to want to know where that cash came from because there's stipulations on gifts of money and outside loans. That's a whole nother episode when we talk about different mortgage loans that are available. Um, but now they're going to have your interest rate figured out and now they're going to really be able to tell you an estimate of what your monthly payment is going to be. They're going to factor in any down payment you have or any assistance you're getting from an outside organization. And now you can see if that mortgage payment is in that 28%. So hopefully, if you did your numbers in advance, you know that you're going to be under that 28%. They're going to they're now going to figure your debt to income ratio. If if your debt to income ratio is over whatever amount they're going to lend at, the whole deal may fall through at this point. If your debt to income ratio is at 45%, they may go, you know, everything looks great, your credit score is great, but your debt is just way too high and we can't loan. So now you've done all these these things, you've gotten pre-approved, you found a house, you put in an offer, but now you're being told no. Now you can always go try another mortgage company or you can put the whole process in pause, pay some of your debt down, and then try again in a couple months. You know, and sometimes if you've saved a bunch of money for a down payment, your mortgage person will be able to help decide well, you know, if you put some of this money and you pay this down, that's going to drop your debt to income ratio and then we can reevaluate, you know. So there are some things that they can help you work out one way or the other. But really, if you did all this on the front end, the whole process is going to go so much smoother because, you know, there are peaks and valleys in the home buying process. Um, so knowing the difference between the pre-approval that it really just means the bank said, yeah, we'll give you a loan because you have an income. Your pre-qualification is really where the meat is. Actually, no, it's probably the top layer of bread because once you get through the pre-qualification, you've started all the inspections and all that good stuff on the house. Now it goes to the underwriter and they're going to ask for everything all over again. So getting pre-qualified really just means more. It's more in depth and it really tells you if they will really give you that loan. The pre-approval, there's no guarantee you're going to get a loan. There is not really with the pre-qualification either because it can still fall apart once it gets to the underwriter, but it's much more secure moving through the process. And another thing that's going to happen in pre-qualification is they're going to lock you in on your interest rate. Um, and they're going to offer you points and all these different things, but 
that's where your interest rate gets determined. So knowing that debt to income ratio, knowing your credit score, your FICO credit score in advance, not your Vantage score, they're looking at your FICO score. And so some people do have to pay for that FICO score, but um, go pay the $25 for it in advance so you know where you are and you know what you're working towards. Um, service members, you can get that for free if you get in touch with your installation family support services center. They're going to be able to get that for you for free. Um, but knowing your FICO score, and I think I've heard that some credit card companies now are given a FICO score for free. Um, so that's good. But most like Credit Karma is the Vantage score. That's really not what the lender's looking at. So you want that FICO score. So I think that is about it. So pre-approval, yeah, you have a job, we'll give you a loan. Pre-qualification is a deeper dive into your finances to see really what your credit worthiness is and how well you manage your money. Having a lower debt to income ratio says that you are doing better at managing your money. You're not overextending, right? You're not using too much of your available credit. That's really what they're looking at. Can you afford to make this payment every month? So some loans will let you have that higher debt to income ratio, but you're probably gonna have a higher interest rate, even with a good credit score. So you kind of want to play that game. You want to get the credit score high. You want that debt to income ratio number to be low. So download the sheet from our website. It's askmymom.podbean.com. And if you want it, it's just an image, but if you want it as a PDF, you can shoot me an email at askmymompod at gmail.com. And I'm happy to email you the PDF version of the sheet so you can just whip out those numbers. It's not intense. Super simple math. But I hope you did learn something today. I know um, home buying is a really confusing process and a lot of people just shoot from the hip and kind of go with the flow without taking the steps in advance you should take. I am also guilty of that. We did do that ourselves. Um, the very first home we purchased, we were definitely shooting from the hip and we didn't know what was going on. And we had um, parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles pushing us through the process so we really just didn't learn anything from it. The second time we purchased a home, we were more on our own. So we did learn a lot that we that followed through into our third home purchase. Um, so knowing where you are financially and learning as you go, paying attention, asking the questions really is going to help you down the road. And that's what I'm hope that you are doing. And I hope that you learn some of these things before you end up in a situation that you can't afford. And that's really where you don't want to be. You don't want to purchase a home where you're not really sure what your debt to income ratio is, or even think to add up all of your monthly debt in advance to make sure you can still save and buy groceries. You know, Taking those the time to do those little steps in advance really just goes a long way towards your comfort level, your financial security throughout your life. Um, and then the more you learn, the more you're going to learn because now you've got these little seeds planted. So what's next, right? So now how do I buy an investment property? You know, so you go through this first thing and then you're ready for the next thing because you've learned something. Learning constantly how to manage our finances really helps us feel more secure you know so I'm constantly learning and I hope that you will constantly learn too and I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money but I'm going to tell you how to figure out yourself what you should do and we don't always make the right choices all the time and buying a home is really really stressful listen to your gut through the process if um 
you find a mortgage person that you're not comfortable with, find a different one. If you find a real realtor that you're not comfortable with, find a different one. If you walk into a house, it doesn't feel right, don't buy it. If you get through partway through the process and you just feel like something is just isn't right, maybe it's not. Now you will have those moments through the process for sure. But if there's just something nagging at you, find out why. You know, ask the questions. Don't be afraid to ask. Uh, if they, if you're asking questions and they seem like they're just tired of listening to you, maybe that's not the person for you because they should be wanting you to know what's going on so that you make the right choices for you. Ask your questions, do your research. Know that a pre-approval really just means the bank will consider giving you a mortgage and by the paperwork you've given me, this is what I will loan you. Your pre-qualification goes way deeper. Pull your credit report in advance. Fix it. Get anything changed on it that you can that will help um, push your score up. When you lock in that interest rate, ask the questions. Um, so you won't lock it into your pre in the pre-qualification phase, but ask if interest rates drop, will this drop? Locking it in is going to keep it from going up, but it might not keep it from dropping. Ask what their rate, their closing rate is. Are they really closing in 30 days or are we at 45 or 60? How long is your interest rate locked in for? What happens if we don't close by the time the lock is over? Then what? You know, so ask those questions. Um, so I do hope that you did learn something today. If you have a question that you would like answered, please send me an email. Um, the most important thing is, is that we're giving you the information you want. And that was really the premise when we started the podcast. You know, what do you want to know? What don't you know? No question is too small. We can talk, I can talk about finance until the end of time. So um, what do you want to know? So send your questions to askmymompod at gmail.com. Rate and review us on the platform that you're listening to us on. And you can go to our website, which is askmymom.podbean.com to download the uh, home buying worksheet. And there's also some resources on there for your credit report. And then listen to that credit report episode so you can get those corrections made and get your score up. I've enjoyed this week's episode. I hope you found it beneficial and we will talk again next week. Have a wonderful week.